Welcome to Kingdom Cash, you know, the Tuesday boogie happy hour special. Uh, we got our boy Boogie in the house. What's up, boy? What's the deal? We got a special guest. We got Zach Eisen in the house. Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah, that's correct. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. The young boy who got all the information, all the uh, all the uh, quotes and all that good stuff, man. Yeah. How you doing? Welcome to Kingdom Cast. Well, I'm excited to be here. Big fan of the show, so getting the invite was big time for me. Appreciate it. We appreciate it, bro. Uh, so first of all, how old are you, 12? <laughs> I'm 20. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nah, dude, you know you just was on Home Alone or something. <laughs> yeah, I do. You're right. I'll so how, how, did you, how did you get started in the game, man? You know, I just grew up loving sports and stuff, so started writing on Substack, and then um, the guys at Arrowhead Report, like Jordan Foote and Josh Briscoe, those guys reached out to me, wanted me to join their team, and then it's been that since there. So, yeah, I've been working with them for about – three or four months now and it's been a great partnership and I'm excited for the season. So it'll be my first season actually like fully covering the team and I'm stoked because I think it's a great year to cover the team. So yeah. Yeah, that's that's dope. Cause I can't even get I can't even get Jordan on the phone no more, man. I used to we used to be friends. <laughs> really? I told him I told him I was coming on. So he no, said it's been a good time. <laughs> I'm joking. Jordan's my dog. I, yeah. I don't think I I don't think I loaded this right. So it's just recording right now. So whatever. Um, so uh, working with Aaron here, that's yeah. cool. Josh Briscoe is a nice guy to be along with. He's uh, making power moves these days. Yeah, he is big time. Moving to the midday show. So I'm happy for him. Yeah. Congrats to Josh, man, and uh, uh, the other guys. Rudy, I think. Um, so how did you get started? Is it, are you a Chiefs fan or you just – yeah, so my my dad's from Kansas City, and um, he moved out here to LA. So I'm out in California. So, um, but he went. He was born in uh, Kansas City, went to school there, and then left for college. But he's always been a Chiefs fan. So he gave that to me, and um, I'm happy because I I would not want to be a Rams or Chargers fan. I'm happy with being a Chiefs fan. <laughs> Good job, Dad. Yeah. Good job, Dad. Shout out to your dad. He's from Kansas City, uh, so you just been a Chiefs fan all your life. Yeah, so um, all my life, basically. I don't, I don't even know when I. I think when I started fully watching football it was like 2008 or nine, something around then. Um, you know, my, my first jersey I got was Alex Smith's jersey when he got traded here. So um, <laughs> that tells He's you a like He's I'm a, a youngin, but you know, I watched before, so I, I know like the the sad days, like the two and 14 days and those stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> so this is the new question. We going to start asking our guests, but you missed the last show. What game made you personally a Chiefs fan? Cause a lot of, a lot of us were brought in by our father, our uncles, parents, you know what I'm saying? What game did Zach become a Chiefs fan? Yeah, I think it's a great question. Um, for me, it's the game against the Packers when we were, I think it was like we were like 0 in 12 or 0 in 13, or maybe well, we had a Cornell game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cal was a good game. Yeah. So when we beat the Packers in um, that game, that was like, oh, yeah. Like even though we, we suck, like beating them like a really good team makes it like it feels really good. So I was excited to be that. So yeah. Yeah. That was a good game. That was a good game to start because we had no business. <laughs> no chance. No business. Is that that's the Cal game, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was. it was. It was like a weird score too. It was like 19 to like 12 or something. It was like a weird Yeah, it was it was I think we won like a last minute interception or something like that. Yeah. Kind of sealed the game or something like that, if I remember correctly. Them was some of the best times, man. We had low expectations. <laughs> Team low we still was what yeah exactly Look, just, <laughs> just for the love of the chiefs man what do we call six feet underground expectation man because <laughs> it was terrible like we actually boogie uh we actually had to believe that kyle orton was gonna be our, our savior for a little <laughs> like yo we're gonna get kyle orton back bro we're gonna be nice 
I remember when we traded for Matt Castle and it was like, it was a big deal because he just came off that season with the Pats and then he's coming to us. It was, I know I was young, but I still remember that stuff. And I was like, okay, like we're going to actually finally be good for once. And then Man. a few more years of waiting. You're bringing up some dreadful days. Zach. Yeah. Those are terrible days. <laughs> hey, but, but now we're in the so promise time. That to be over. Man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, Fast forward to now, uh, training camp vets reported yesterday, I think, or today. Today, right? Or yesterday? Officially I yesterday. Can, I think they can do both. I think it's like you have to report by today, but oh, okay, came in last night, I saw. So uh, how are you feeling about the current state of the Chiefs franchise? You know, I'm – I'm actually really excited for this year because, you know, we got like we talked about in the pre-show, like Tyreek leaving, Tyron leaving. It's going to be a different vibe. So but I'm excited to see the new guys, how they perform like Juju. I think Juju is like a little underrated now by the national folks and even the local folks. I think people forget that he had a 1400 yard season as the number two option in Pittsburgh when Big Ben was still like a good quarterback and before he <laughs> fell off. So um, getting Patrick Mahomes and now like you're going to be behind Travis Kelsey is like the second receiving option, so you're going to have favorable matchups. I think he'll have a pretty big year, so I'm excited to see him. And then on the defensive side, I, I still worry about the um, defensive line, obviously. I think everyone does with, you know, they didn't do much this offseason except for Carl Loftus, but he's a rookie, so I'm not sure what to expect from him. But I like the additions in the secondary as, like, Justin Reed and then the draftees as well. So I think it'll be a fun season to watch. I think they'll still be, you know, contender, and obviously I'm still going to pick them to win the Super Bowl, but – I think there'll be some growing pains in the beginning of the year, which it'll be interesting because I think it'll be different than the years past where like, instead of, you know, not being like fast enough or athletic enough to get to the, make the play. These guys were, are, it's more like mental mistakes. So it will look better in the end of the year when they get that mental mentality and they, they learn from their mistakes at the end of the year, they'll be cleaner. And then that athleticism will be able to show and like be able to make those big time plays. So I'm excited. Because I think me and Boogie subscribe to the philosophy of we don't care if you make a mistake. If what you're attempting to do is the attempt that matters, it's not the mistake. You feel me? So, like, if if you're jumping around and, and it's just a, you know, okay, you know, you you was close. You you almost there. You know what I'm saying? Anticipate fast to work on that. So I don't think we'd be mad at that type of mistake, which I think is what you're trying to say is like, it's going to be a little mental rookie. They never been in that situation type. Of yeah. Mistake. And they'll be you like a bit, bit slow here, a bit slow there. Cause they're just not as quick to processing it. So once they get that processing speed up to, you know, playing like to the NFL level, then they'll hit their stride. And like, you know, Spags defenses usually start off slow. So it's not like a big shock that, they're going to be, you know, if they start off a little poor this year. And the so Chiefs you can are make very them young on defense, man. Like very young. we talk about that enough, how young they are. Yeah, they exact age on defense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you can make that mistake in week three, but week nine, I don't, I don't want to see that mistake. No. Same. You know what I'm saying? I, so I want to see that improvement over the course of the season. You know what I'm saying? So a dumb penalty here and there, cool, through like the first four weeks. But week eight, I need you to lock down. That that shouldn't be you, – you should know the rules and you should know what to do. You know what I'm saying? So week 16, you shouldn't be falling down on the ground, my kids. Yeah, I feel that for sure. In the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, no chance. I'm happy I was that. really – I was just watching the highlights of that Buffalo game. He literally just fell on the ground. Yeah. Like, just no, no. He didn't have a good year, him. man. He didn't have a good year. It, he had that one game where he showed out. He had a a, a, a terrific game, actually. If he would have brought half of that for the rest of the season, we would we would be talking about Mike Hughes in a different way. But it's I funny. He's a better punt returner. He was no, a good punter. No, because remember he got he, he got hit by the Raiders. Punter. The Raiders punter hit him and he fumbled, and that in he um yeah he got for, forced fumble by the Raiders punter. That was a, that was a joke. I, I couldn't believe when that happened. Why are you bringing that up, Zach? 
<laughs> no, because Boogie said he was better punt returner. I got I got to bring him down. He's just not a good player. Oh, I like the ener- right. I like the energy he brought to the punt returning up. He brought a lot of energy. Yeah, I'm I'm of the philosophy like with Mahomes at quarterback, just don't return because there's nothing that like it's like very small that like something great is going to happen. It's more likely <laughs> that something terrible is going to happen. So I'd rather not like lose yards or fumble and just give Mahomes a chance to get the ball. But Tobe is the exact opposite of what you just said. Yeah, I know. He's, so it, that's crazy. I, I, I always say, like, plant your heels on the end, end zone line or the 10-yard line. If the ball just goes an in, inch over your head, don't touch it because it's just not worth it. Who y'all think will do special teams this year? Mm. I'll throw a mm. name out, uh, Pacheco. Okay. Yeah, like, yeah, definitely. I mean, you ran a 4-3-7 in the 40. Um he looks pretty built too. I think like I made a comment on Twitter. It was like, he's yoked. Like it's not like he's like a skinny fast, like he's big too. So I think he can handle that duty of, punt. and obviously he has to make the team as a running back first, but if he can really return well, then that gives him the edge over another like borderline guy. Are we all in agreement that we're kicking McCullough off special, special teams? Like that's over. Not that he was bad or anything. It's just, it's time for him to focus on being a wide receiver. Period. Yeah, I think that experiment is done, bro. I, I would like him to get out there maybe occasionally a little bit. Maybe if you're trying to get his adrenaline pumping or you having that type of game, maybe if he take that next step. But I think he right now we need him to be a number two receiver in this offense. We need an 800-yard type season from McCole. So, yeah, get him off special teams. And he don't want to do it. You know we've been talking about that all last year. He don't yeah, want to me, get him <laughs> off there, man. Uh, Sully had a field day with me because I said I don't think McCall wants to do kick returns or punt returns, and I, I didn't think it was such a big deal to say that. You know what I'm saying? He just didn't look like he wanted to do it. You know what I'm saying? When he got benched during that time, he got benched or whatever that little discipline was. So yeah, everybody had a field day with that. Uh, Pacheco's good. Um, what about McKinnon? Would you throw McKinnon in there on uh, punt returns, maybe? He's injured a little too much for that. That's yeah. why I'm saying no to it. Yeah, I was going to throw that out, the injury issues. And then also he's a little older. So it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. someone like that really want to be taking that wear and tear as the partner turn. I mean, for him, if he makes the roster, like he kind of has to do it. But I don't know if like that's where he's best suited, I guess. I think I'd rather just give it to the young gun and let him. What about one of the young corners that we drafted? Um Josh Williams, Watson. Yeah, yeah. One of those type of guys. Williams is like long. He's like six, two or three. He's big. So I don't, I don't know if he's like the, you know, this punt return or kick return type. Watson's also pretty big as well. So yo, um, they had the video of Williams walking down the hill, and his arms were touching his kneecap. Dude, it's crazy. And he was standing straight up. It's not uh, huh? yes, bro. He can scat he can scratch his calf muscles standing straight up. Yes. His arms were I was like, what is he's a freak? What's <laughs> I think that was Griffey on the podcast last episode was saying that's who he most uh looking forward to in St. Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think these rookies putting in work, man. I think these rookies are really going to put in some work. We got so many of them. So out of 10, if three uh, – okay, so I'll ask the room. What would you gauge success out of 10 rookies? If five make this team, which I think is very – that might not even be high enough. How many rookies need to make this team for it to be a success? Seven? I think – no more. I mean, I think you're going eight probably because you have three sevenths. So everyone be- before the seventh round has to make it. So that's Kennard, Williams, you know, and then Chanel, Cook, Moore, Karloftis, McDuffie. So that's the seven. That's those are all locks right there. Yeah, and then you have the three, which are in the seventh, which was Jalen Watson, Isaiah Pacheco, and uh, Nazi Johnson. And you know, I think right now the only one that I would say is on the outs looking in is Nazi Johnson. So yeah. That's it, because he, he came from uh, the HBCU, so he's going to take a little time. And, no, no, uh, Josh, Williams, Josh Williams came from the HBCU. Nazi Johnson's from Marshall. Oh, 
Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. So, yeah, he was the last pick. So, give him some time. Did anybody um, – who do we get undrafted free agents that might sneak on? Well, Justin Any Ross – Well, Justin Ross is well, on IR. They hyped him up two weeks ago. He was about to be a 1,500-yard receiver two weeks ago. So are you disappointed that he's on IR, or was this the expectation? Because this was my expectation. Not that he was going to get hurt, but that they were going to make him hurt. So, you know what I'm saying? So exactly – we're exactly where we thought we were going to be, right? Most – a realistic fan is where we thought we were going to be. Yeah, Yeah, I I thought – Oh, go, go ahead, Boogie. Go ahead. No, go ahead, sir. Uh, I was going to say, I thought he was going to uh, – when I saw the videos of OTAs, I thought he was going to make the team because, like, oh, wow, he's practicing. Like, he looks pretty good. Like, they're hyping him up. So, they're not hyping him up to just, like, now hide him because, like, obviously, like, we think the social team and the che- the actual team is two different stuff. But, like, they work in – like, they work together and they, they know who to put out and stuff. So, when they were putting out those Justin Ross clips, I was like, okay, like, he has a chance to make the team. And then when they went in and they – started saying like, Oh, when Andy came out and said um, his foot was bothering him and you know, it wasn't as right as how he like wanted it to be. It made sense because his testing was so poor and he, and it just made sense that maybe they wanted to just see him on the field and then be like, we're going to do a cleanup, give you a year, another year removed from the next surgery, your foot sur- foot is going to be better. And then you can come back for OTAs next year. And then when, you know, McColl might be gone, Juju might be gone. So spots will open up that you can make this roster and actually contribute. Agree, and they signed him to a three-year deal too. It wasn't just like a one-year, uh, fifty thousand-dollar deal. You know what I'm saying? So they put some time on that deal. I think that was all. Like, I, this all makes sense. That's what I'm saying. Nobody should be like incredibly shocked that 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 the situation that he's in right now. I, I just had low expectations going into it anyway, just from what Zach said, how he tested so bad. Like when you get hurt like that in college i don't own and it's a more physical game in the nfl i don't know why people expected him to come out this year and just live up to potential like to me him and josh gordon that's all in a, a, a whole nother path i got low expectations that they make the team if they do anything it's a positive but i have no goals for them this year i'd be shocked if they contribute any honestly even next year you know, speaking of uh, the the social media team hyping guys up, this Jordy Fortson season again. Uh, what do you think about Jody this year? But is, this, is this the year? We have at least seen him do this before he True. got hurt, True. so True. it's a little different. I'm buying. I'm, I'm buying all the stock in him though, because he's something we don't have. That that type of receiver, hybrid type tight end. We don't have that type. We could throw that ball up there to him to go get it. You see, they kept saying he had what? He had a couple touchdowns in the red zone. You too. Yeah. I, I think that's how you use them. Just like that. I think so, so, you, so you're way more bought in than, than you were last year? Uh, because you've seen a little bit of it. Yeah, because I, I was I was buying into him from training camp up into the season last year. But like I said, we seen what he did in a game or two, so it's like we know it can happen. So now we got to see how how good can he be. He got the tools, though. I like it. What about you, Zach? You buying in on Jody Force? Yeah, I think I'm going to buy it. I think – I mean, it's pretty um, remark- remarkable that he's back from already the Achilles injury. Like, he just – I think he tore it in mid-October, and, you know, he was at – he was actually on the field during OTA. So, like, that's yeah. like seven months maybe. Like, and now he's going to be full hard to spend training camp. I mean, that's pretty remarkable. So I had hesitancy, like, after the Achilles tear, like, oh, he might not be back until, like, you know, another full year. So whatever, October this year, and then working back into the system. But if he's back now, like, there was times last year, like, the Chargers game, uh, he ran, like, a he was in the slot and ran a slant, and Mahomes just chucked it, like, very quick fire, high point it. Jody went up, got it. No one could even contest it because he's just that big. So, like, as Boogie said, in that in those red zone situations, that guy will be a threat and like make a difference too. Is there any 
I, I like the word hesitancy. I can't say it, so I'm not good at speaking. But is there any like fear of maybe it's too? Maybe he came back a little too soon. Maybe he he rushed it. Any fear of that? I, I think just in the sports world, period. Achilles is not like it was like ten years ago. Just like. Yeah. 10 years ago, if you tore your ACL, it was like, damn, man, we don't know if he going to bounce back. It's going to take two, four years. Like That, that was career. Medicine. That was being their career ending back in the days. Yeah, like the medicine and the, the doctors, they they cold now, man. Those surgeons know what they're doing. If he's ready, he's ready. Like you said, he, he didn't even start on the pup list, bro. So if, they, if he's that far along, and it's not like we using him to be – Travis Kelsey. We still got Noah Gray. So, we, I mean, we still got other options. We don't got an end zone. Red zone is all we need to use them at first half of the season. Yeah. And, and speaking of – oh, go ahead, Zach. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, like, what Boogie said, like, you don't need to, like, push him all the way. Like, he doesn't need to be running 30 routes a game. It could just be 10 routes in these specific moments where you just need him. So – and then, like, later in the year, you have those times where he can build up and get to 25, 30 routes a game and then – now he's a bigger threat. Like that. Yeah, good answer. Um, speaking of pup lists, physically unable to perform lists, a, a bit of a shocker. Um, and, and and to say the theatrics, Nate Taylor came out, a friend of the show, Nate Taylor, what's up, Nate? Nate came out and said it's not as serious as people say it is. It'd probably be a couple of days. Here's my theory that I was thinking when I was getting a popsicle out of the refrigerator. He's a little hurt or he's ill or sick or something like that. And they didn't want him to not pass the conditioning test. You know, you got to pass the conditioning test when you get to, and he's probably not going to be able to pass it like right off the bat. Do you think that's why they kind of put him on the putt? Or do you think we're being, uh, misled right now and this is because class supposed to come in this year injury free first full camp first full non-covid practicing have you lost all faith in Clyde Edwards Hilaire? Uh I don't think I've lost all faith but like like you said country like it's tough because it was supposed to be his first fully healthy year and now like that seems like to be derailed. I wonder like you said, like something, I think it has to do with the conditioning test. Like obviously nothing has come out regarding it yet, but, and we'll hear from Andy Reid uh, on Wednesday. So obviously he'll tell us more, but I think it has to do something with the conditioning test because for Nate to come out and say, oh, it will be a short-term deal. Like so quickly, it feels like they already know like, oh, he'll be back like in two days or three days because he'll just get better and then pass the conditioning and then be on the field. So I think that's definitely like a good hypothesis for you, for sure. Well, thank you, Zach. <laughs> it could be something small like that, but I will say, when you just look at the history of the football and all that, these are the type of things that start happening when somebody get their job took, man. It's him missing time here, then he getting hurt here, then Rolando Jones have a good game here. Then it's just like, all right, we just riding with him now. We're going with the high hand. These are the type of things that happen. So you know. think Rojo, you think Rojo got him beat out already? No, not yet. But I'm just saying when stuff like this start happening, this is the beginning of that happening. I think the one thing that Clyde will always have on Rojo is the pass catching ability. Like Rojo just never has put that together where he's been a pass blocker or a pass catcher. Like I think as a pure runner, Rojo is a better uh, player. But as like when you look at the fit in the system, Clyde makes more sense than Rojo does. If they throw him the ball. Right. Yeah, please. Oh my God. Okay, so here's here's a point. When Jared McKinnon came in and blew everybody away, when Clyde came back, he ran harder. He ran angry. He ran like he wanted to keep his job. His his runs in the playoffs, which we should have used him more. Both of them actually. We should have used McKinnon and and Clyde Moore, if he comes in off of that pace and at that same pace, how do you feel about Clyde? 
Yeah, I mean, I think in the Buffalo game, he had the two longest runs of his year. I think he had two 20-yard runs in the 13-second game. Um, So if that's the Clyde you're getting for a full season, then, yeah, I'm stoked. But I don't know. He hasn't shown that ability to do it over a course of multiple weeks. Consistency, yeah. So I'm still like – yeah, I'm still not like totally bought in, but I mean, if, if that if get bringing Rojo in and bringing McKinnon back and then drafting Pacheco and these other guys uh, light a f- fire under him, then that's better for us. Just running hard ain't good enough for me no more. This was a first round running back, man. He needs to be giving us 1,200 yards total. I don't think that's asking a lot. We do need to pass him the ball more, but he got to produce. If he don't produce this year, we got to move on, man. It is what it is. Maybe it's a, a better situation somewhere else. But if he can't give us a thousand yards, why are we keeping him around? You want? Would you take eight fifty on the ground and six hundred through the air, all purpose? That's what, like fourteen. Yeah. If if he do that, I'm I'm cool. Keep Clyde next year. Every, that's perfect. How realistic do y'all think that is? I want to hear what y'all say about that. Uh, 17 games. He had 800 rushing yards his rookie year, and he played 13 games or so. So, I mean, that's definitely possible. I just – I get frustrated because we watch Clyde in college dominate in the passing game, and Andy Reid, who's this offensive genius, and, like, I'm not going to, you know, knock him because he's clearly has shown that he's an offensive genius and can do all this. I can't believe he can't figure out that to get Clyde the ball in the passing game. It's like – Seems like he just refuses to do it. And he compared him to Brian Westbrook. You forgot to say right. We haven't properly used him ever. We still haven't. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> so we can do that this year. So yeah, that's 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 another factor. You got to be healthy so we can do it. Um, who else we want to talk about? Because I really don't want to talk about Orlando Brown up there or something like that. Um, we did sign a guy at Jayhawk. I have no idea who he is. Uh, maybe he's a camp body. Maybe he's a little bit more. You got any information on uh, Azir? Uh, what's his last name? Kamara. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was on Hard Knocks with the Cowboys last year. So, like, I got to know his story a little bit. Like, he's from – different country and he came over with and he played college ball and he was just trying to make the team and nice seems like a cool guy nice guy and stuff but um he played nine games i looked it up he played nine games for the cowboys last year and played like only six percent of the snaps and recorded three tackles total and no other stats so like i just think it's like a camp body or you know pretty much like a guy who just yeah i don't know they're figuring out a different position or because it doesn't seem like that i mean that's not the guy that's going to come and solve our edge rushing problems. No, 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 no I wish. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it kind of seems like a slap in the face that, like, they're like, oh, like, we'll give you an edge, but we're not going to give you the one to, like, help you. It's like, it's, <laughs> weird. it's just weird. You still on Robert Quinn watch? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it makes it really difficult because um, Orlando didn't sign a long term agreement because that would have lowered the, we would have had more cap space, which we would have been able to fit. Quinn's salary in so right now I've kind of like um you know changed my vision to more of the free agents and I, I really like the idea of Carlos Dunlap coming in so he had eight I've sacks last year exact. yeah so I mean dude, I would take a Dunlap I, had, I, I would I would look at uh Trey Flowers is still out there um I think now is the time it's gonna start ramping up though because it's training camp time it's almost we can smell it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's close. You know what I'm saying? So, once the game start getting played and, and vets on the street, that's when – yeah. I wouldn't mind have done that. We don't need yeah, – go ahead, Zach. I'm sorry. I was just saying, you don't want to be left out, so you don't want to, like, to be the – have your last pick. You just want to get – I think Veach should try to get a guy now. And, like, even if you say, like, oh, we'll have an agreement where it's, like, all right, you're on a one-year, whatever, six million, five million, whatever that takes, and then, like – we won't officially sign it until like August 10th. So you still get two weeks off, but at least have that um, verbal contract to say like, okay, he's going to come in and help us. Yeah. Quinn is, Quinn is the diamond, but Dunlap is, I wouldn't be mad at some silver. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean, Dun- Dunlap had eight sacks last year, had a similar pressure rate, a little bit lower, but 
I mean, if you're getting it, if you're getting what, like 80% of Quinn at 40% of the cost, like I think that's much like better value than getting Quinn and having to shift money around to make it fit. Right. I'm definitely still taking Quinn first. Like, regardless the price, I still would take Quinn, but Dunlap, if we can get him for the cheap, if you if you going into the season saying you still want to be flexible with your money, you still go try to get some other deals done, maybe, maybe sign Sneed like we was talking about, then cool, get Dunlap with us. Let's go into the season with that. So, um, Quinn is your platinum package. Dunlap is like your gold package. Trey Flowers like your silver package. And then the bronze package is uh, Randy Gregory's. <laughs> no, he's on to the Broncos. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> No, I think like bronze like Jason Pierre-Paul or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's who. He didn't resign with the Bucks yet? No. Nope. I nope. definitely would take JPP. He know the system too. Yeah, I yeah. would have him up there. Look, speaking of the Bucks, <laughs> Julio Jones to the Bucks. Like it? Yay or nay? I mean, like, I don't know. I, I'm a Julio fan, so like, I hope he does well. As like, you know, he's he, obviously he's one of the best receivers, and if not the best for a, a, quite some time, and then injuries just caught up to him. So I don't th- like realistically I, I don't think he's gonna come back and be like a top receiver in the league i mean he, he'll be contributing i still think he's dealing with injury problems so but with brady like like magic just happens like crazy stuff happens that like he he just figures these people out and it works so i don't know maybe julio now has a fully healed hamstring in his back so who knows <laughs> maybe julio come out looking 28 again which yeah It'd be so Brady like for him to transform. Do you think that he was watched? Do you think he's watched or was that a Tannehill? A combination of Tannehill and they don't really run, they run the ball a lot in Tennessee. But he wasn't on the field a lot either, though. How many games did he actually play? Would he play like six? Didn't he? he didn't, did he play that much? I don't know. I think he might have been like nine or something. Oh, okay. It, it was, it was not a not finish a couple games. He gonna practice <laughs> during the week for real. So I wonder how he is with Brady because Brady is all practices how you play, hundred percent practicing. He is like, I'm not practicing, but I'm game time decision. I'm gonna play. But I think they'll just use him as in situations. He's not a thousand yard receiver no more. You don't need him to be your number one or two. Where does he fit in though? Like you're not gonna he's not gonna take no, no catches from Godwin and Evans, is he? He's, he's not taking he's boundary. I mean he's gonna play yeah. like X or Z and then Godwin goes in the slot and then Mike probably takes the X and that's your trio right there. And then you have whatever running back and tight end and Brady goes. Yeah, the fat Fournette. <laughs> <laughs> Leonard Fournette. He's a, he's a hilarious. Um, man, you said you don't want to say nothing about Orlando Brown, but what's up with what Tim Tim Grunhard said, man? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Tim Grunhard, uh, friend of the show. What up, Granny? Uh, Granny folks come back on and promote his book, too. Um, we haven't forgotten. Um, Granny said that he doesn't expect Orlando Brown to show up at all in St. Joe. Is it? How much time do you think he needs to get in shape? Three weeks, two weeks. What do you What do you think is uh, significant, sufficient enough time for him to be in shape and get ready for the season? Because missing games, I think we all agree that missing games would be that. That's dumb. It would yeah, be I mean, dumb to miss a game. If he misses a game, he loses out on a million dollars and he's made four million in his NFL career. So he's missing out on like a quarter of his previous earnings. Like I, I doubt he misses any time game wise. Right. But to, like, and I think he's in shape, but it's about getting into football shape. I think he's sh- like, I, I said that I'd be fine if he just goes to like, I, I would like to see him in St. Joe and, you know, at least in the meetings and around the team, because I think that stuff is underrated about how you're building chemistry. Um, 
whatever continuity and other stuff like that. Whereas like when he's fully away from the team and not practicing and not even in the meetings, you start losing that continuity. And as like when our offensive line was really clicking towards the end of the year, it was like one of the best units in the league. And now if he's not there and then they lose a step, it doesn't become as clean. And then they have to fight through the season trying to get that, um, you know, camaraderie and strength back. So it's, it's, it's really tough to say, like, I, I think he should be there, but I understand because he didn't sign the contract. Like, so he's not like going to be punished for not showing up, but you know, as a fan, I would like to see him there. And I think he should, because it's what's going to help him into the season getting, you know, into game shape. If he even plays just one preseason game or two, or just a few scrimmages, like that's better than sitting at home and not doing any of it. True that. If I'm Orlando Brown, I'm coming back the week of the last preseason game. I'm not fucking with St. Joe. I, I ain't going to lie to you. I, if I'm him, I'm not fucking with him. I'm not fucking with that heat. Y'all can have that heat. <laughs> Come in that last week of preseason, get my body ready. Then we're going to have that week to prepare. Then I'm hopping right in. If Is I'm that him, enough time, though? Is that enough time? Yeah. Because I think regardless, if he missed any time in St. Joe, it's going to always be the game, what you said, Zach, it's the, being in football shape and regular shape. But he won't really see that until he's out there anyway. He's going to have to get out there. Here's where I'll push back. The first game is in Arizona. So it's not like they're playing in a cold-weather city and, like, he can, you know, he's going to get – it's going to be hot and it's going to be tiring for him to play. So I wonder if St. Joe will do him, like, good to actually be there and – get um, acclimated to the heat. Yeah, true. But we know how the players are. We got, He got to prove a point to the team for not reaching that agreement. That's just how the business of it's going to work. So if he's doing it with the business-wise and you're looking at it like that, what would – I get what you're saying, the continuity, but when you're going into that contract, I'm not worried about what country and his family doing or what Zach and his family doing. I'm worried about me. What is Orlando Brown getting out of coming in early? When he can still he still go get paid the same amount. He can work independently. I mean, why not? I would say give me about a week in St. Joe. With, with the with the weather. That's a great point Zach made with the weather and all that. Give me about a week in St. Joe. You know, and 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 come in and and get around your teammates and, and build that bridge back up. You know what I'm saying? Not to say that the bridge is, is burnt, but you know, build that camaraderie back up. Get that, get that. You know, get in line. And yeah, give me about a week or two weeks. And and uh, when is the first preseason game? August tenth, I think. August tenth. Give me after that. That Monday after that, and then. Finish me off. Uh, uh, you're coming in early. St. Joe ends like August in somewhere mid-teens because they go back to Arrowhead for like the last two weeks before the season starts. So he'll only be in St. Joe for about like six days or something. Come on, bro. Yeah, so give me – yeah, give me after that first preseason game. I'll do a week or, a week or so in St. Joe. We back in Arrowhead. I'll do them two weeks, get ready for the season, and then I'm going to get my money. So, yeah, that's what I would But regardless, I don't think it's – as long as he don't miss no time, I don't think it's a big deal. Just me. I don't – not with his play-wise. I think he is what he is as a player. We know what we're going to get out of him. Yeah, I also think – like going back to you know the conditioning part and stuff, like it's gonna be Arizona, and then you're going short week against the Chargers, who have like two really good pass rushers and Bosa. And I mean, if Mac is still like top, top not notch, I know he was injured last year, but we'll see how he recovers. But um, like that's that's a tough to start the season those two weeks. So to just jump right into that, I, I wouldn't recommend it. But I, I totally get what you're saying, where he has to do what's best for him. So like when he when he didn't sign the contract, I understood it because like it was all phony at the end and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it just, it's just a tough situation to be in for both the team and the player. Yeah. Yeah. Orlando, just, just come on, man. Just, just come on. 
play, you bet on yourself. We all gonna be watching. So you put the pressure on yourself. You know what I'm saying? Come out perform. Uh, we think you're. We know you're a Pro Bowl caliber player. You you've done it uh, uh, numerous times. So go ahead and build on that. If you can be like a second team All Pro, pay that man his money. You know, period. But you gotta come out and play. You can't get paid sitting down. <laughs> I also thought it was interesting how like Andy was so nonchalantly like, oh like yeah Joe Tooney will slide over like he just like totally didn't even like give it a thought he was just like yeah Tooney's can play there. But did you take that as a jab or did I? I didn't see the video. I just read the comment. When I'm reading it, it sounds like a jab a little bit. I yeah, it was a little bit of a it was a little bit of a jab. I think there is some like animosity or you know negative you know, feelings, but I don't think it's like the bur- the bridge is totally broken where like Orlando can't return or like can't get a long-term deal. But I just think it's interesting how like when Orlando said, oh, I'm going to hold out for myself. And he was like, okay, we'll just fight back and say like Tunic is going to slide over. For sure. Yep. I felt that too. Hey, but you know what? He is, is one bridge that he has is, is probably the most important bridge. And that's 15 long as that bridge to 15 is open and the streets are clean and the, and the sun is shining, then he's cool. But yeah. if that bridge gets dark and, and foggy, then he in trouble. <laughs> Period. Like, that's the only bridge you can't break. <laughs> but Orlando Brown would get paid somewhere else, so he got all right. Yeah, I'm just saying he wouldn't get paid. Here. I'm yeah, saying if he wants to be happen. If the, the, well, the rumor is he likes the Chiefs. He likes Pat. He wants to be on the winning a winning franchise. We've heard that before, and then we see people go to Jacksonville for fifty million dollars. So it's all a grain of salt, you know what but I'm saying? I, so I think he handled the whole situation poorly. Like I don't want to like, you know, he's obviously his own person. He he knows smart enough. He's gonna make one millions of dollars, so he's gonna handle it how he wants to. But like. The way he did it was like he didn't hire an agent until five weeks before the deadline. Like was saying like, "Oh, I'm in. I'm doing Pat's wedding." Like it was weird. Like I didn't know Pat was like you were the like the decorator of Pat's wedding. Like it was it was just a weird situation where he kept trying to avoid it instead of like facing it. I do agree. That was questionable how he hired his agent so late, knowing this is one of the big, the biggest contract of your career. Like you said, he only made four million. This is his first time hitting the market. Why would he not have an agent knowing this was going to happen? Before the year ended, we knew. Orlando Brown and Tyree. Like, why would you wait so long if you know you was trying to get a bag? That kind of seemed funny. And then the choice of the agent is like, I I did think that was crazy. Yeah, I mean, I understood it because, like, he didn't want any, like, biases between, like, the agent and the GM. But still, it's, like, weird to have that guy – as your first, the first client ever he's had as an NFL client, and then you're trying to sign the biggest left tackle deal ever. It just like doesn't make sense to have that pairing. No, it did. You think there's too many hours in the in the, in the fire? Orlando is agent, Jamal Brown is advisor, and he trying to live up to his dad's legacy. It's like it's just a lot going on. So the more you the more you look back at it and you add all those factors and you like, well, they probably were gonna get a deal done anyway this year. You know what I'm saying? Like the more the more you think about it and the more you start looking deeper into the details, not having an H and focus on research and I think it was the Chiefs too though. All that we just said about Orlando Brown, I think was true, but I don't think the Chiefs ever by the sounds of the guaranteed money they offered him, I don't think they ever was planning on signing him long term. With the guaranteed money being that low, like you didn't think he was taking that deal, bro. With no, they were trying to. Money? They were trying to get the best deal for them. If they were going to sign him yeah. long term this year, they were like, "We're going to get the best deal possible for us. We don't care because they know they have the second franchise tag in their pocket for next year." Exactly. And and also, but also like, um. I think the report was he was asking for Ronnie Stanley's guaranteed. He was never going to get that $71 million guaranteed. He's never no. going to get that. No. So if you're going to get highest 
signing bonus and highest APY. Like maybe yes, the Chiefs should have probably upped the guarantees another like 10, 15 million to make it like 50 million, but 71 million dollars guaranteed is crazy. Like you said, it's crazy knowing 70 million when you know you could just franchise one more year. Yeah. And then you gotta make a decision. So yeah, Chiefs wasn't planning on signing them long time. So I think with this negotiation, it was a um, it wasn't a fair fight. I think next year will be a much more real negotiable. Yep. This is what we're gonna do. Either you're gone, or or you're gonna stay here. Because because Brett Veach don't usually miss out on guys that he wants. That he really yeah. wants. You don't really no, miss agree. out on a lot of those guys. I mean, it shows his like maturity too because. In the years past, like the Frank Clark deal, he signed that three seconds after they made the trade, and look how that turned out. So he didn't want to overpay. And even the Chris Jones, when they franchised had Chris Jones, they made it. So his deal was like very easy, easy to get out of. Like they could have traded him in year two without much dead cap. So that was another thing that Veach did, where it was like, I'm not going to get stuck with this guy. And then you see Tyreek this year, they're not going to pay him a drastic amount of money to keep him around. So I think that's just something that speaks to how Veach has like come along where before he was overpaying for everybody. And now he's kind of calculating these risks and taking a step I think, back. I think that also has to do with, uh, with winning too. Because uh, we was overpaying because we, we needed to, but now that we consistent and have built the foundation and the legacy, yeah. overpaying is out the door now. We, we not overpaying. Like, remember, the Chiefs was known as the team around town is we don't spend any money. Before the Super Bowl, they always say, Clark Hunt not going to spend money. They go, what did they do soon as they want? But to get to the Super Bowl, they didn't do nothing but spend money. Sammy Watkins overpaid him. Frank Clark, like Hitchens. Who? Hitchens. <laughs> Hitchens, 53. Yeah, we were overpaying a lot. A lot of dumb moves, but... That's what type of team we had to do that type of stuff at that time. Right. Now, when you got Mahomes locked up for five hundred million, I can't go just pay this dude thirty million guaranteed just cause no more. Gotcha. So it's it's one more thing that y'all want to talk about too before we forget, man. Uh oh. Did y'all please tell me y'all seen that tweet from Dan Orlowski? Please tell me y'all seen that tweet. The Bring video. It down for us. When he talked to an anonymous scout. And yeah, the said, video. Oh, yeah, the video, yeah. He talked to a scout, and they said if they could take any quarterback, I'm paraphrasing, any quarterback they take in Kyler Murray because he can do stuff that Patrick Mahomes can't do. Please tell me you've you seen this country. <laughs> what, what can we do that I I want to know. I want to say it was a couple things too. I want to know one of them. He, he can't ride. Pat can't ride car seats. <laughs> I think. I think like the only thing that Kyler has is a skill that's over Mahomes. Is he's just faster? But I don't even know. Like Mahomes is kind of underrated as a runner. I think he's very cal- calculated runner where he knows what he's doing and it's very you know like in the Bills game. He was running a lot, but like he knew because they were playing man coverage, they would turn his back and he would just take the free yards. So yeah. it's a different type of running style than Kyler has. Saying you would take Kyler Murray over Mahomes oh. at this stage of their careers is fucking crazy. I don't know if you guys were in it, but like, um, you know, you guys know Mark Gunnels? That's my boy. Yeah. So he had that space with about like Mahomes versus Lamar. And people I was in were, there, yes. Yeah, with people who are saying Lamar, oh my god, like it's the same thing. Like I know, like Lamar's more proven than Kyler, but like it's it's like come on, you can't have that conversation. No, and there's no disrespect. Like me and Country, I would say I'm not. I don't gotta talk down on Murray to big up Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. They good quarterbacks. I'm not that high on uh, what's the name? Not Lamar, but uh, Kyler. Tyler escaping my mind. I'm not. They're that both high like top twelve. Yeah, but I'm not as high on him as you are, probably. But we gotta quit. Mahomes is the most disrespected player in the NFL now. It's crazy it didn't got to this, man. We got people talking about. I seen a Bengals fan saying, 
if hypothetically you would trade 10 first round picks for Joe Burrow, but only seven for Mahomes, you got people talking about <laughs> fucking he's you will pick him over Mahomes. He just can do stuff Mahomes can't do. Like, man, this shit people take Lamar over Mahomes. This shit's getting out of control. That that anonymous uh defensive guy saying he's he is a one read quarterback. We gotta stop this, man. <laughs> this shit has to stop, man. And Lewis Riddick, I wish would not have deleted that tweet he said, man. You can tell it's the offseason when people just start saying crazy shit like this. It, you can tell, man. I'm ready for some real football. Because if you watch football every Sunday, I'm not talking about as a Chiefs fan. A football fan. We all football fans, though. Mahomes is on another level than Kyler Murray. Like, come on, man. This, this I mean, getting out of hand, man. I know people like to throw, like, Josh Allen in the conversation or Aaron Rodgers or Brady for what, for this year because he was pretty – I mean, he was really good MVP this year or second. But, like, even Mahomes is still a step above – any of those guys like when you watch what he does like it's ridiculous and you know rogers is the closest because he's won two mvps in the last i mean back to back but like he hasn't had the playoff success that mahomes has like he hasn't had half or one fourth it's it's just like that guy mahomes is just so much better than and you know all those charts where like mahomes is in the top right and everyone else is like clustered together and like the middle and stuff that just proves like every stat is mahomes 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 but then analysts want to go on tv and say Oh, this guy, that guy, this guy, that guy, and never says Mahomes. It's it's clickbait. It's we have to get you talking about something. We got four hours to fill. Uh two hour show live to fill. I need somebody screaming and yelling. I need somebody to be a character. Okay, Mahomes sucks. Okay, let's roll with that. That that's gonna get Chiefs fan talking. That's gonna get my article clicks. That's going to get me going back and forth with these guys. It, it works every time to perfection. It's just – but the thing that that we got to take from it and it's hard to, like, find it in the middle is I'd rather be – I'd rather them be hating on my quarterback than not talking about him at all because how many teams in the NFL, nobody's talking about your quarterback. Nobody knows me a quarterback. <laughs> I just like, think that- if I'm a Tennessee fan, nobody's talking about Ryan Tannehill. Nobody. I'm good. Not in not in a respectful way. <laughs> like I, I said, Mahomes had one bad half, and we is overreacting on that part. This dude. No, I think he's so good. They have to do this. I think he's so. I think he's at the point where he's so good. You have to manufacture crisis and critiques and criticisms. Yeah, man, Mahomes' worst year would be Colin Murray's. We would say this was a career year from him, man. That's what they were saying about Josh Allen, like last year, this year. His stats are identical to Mahomes, and they said Josh Allen career year, Mahomes, like, is falling off. Because Mahomes' off year is a career year for most quarterbacks. And that's getting to the championship game. Like, you t- Kyler Murray don't got a playoff win, man. Why are we bringing these? Come on, man. We got this shit. Got to stop, man. I'm serious. Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray can't even finish a season all together. So, <laughs> hold on. He do got one playoff win, don't he? He did. No, no, no. He lost. He got smoked by the Rams this year. You he got, got killed. He played horrible. Yeah. He played that horrible was... that game. You show right. Reminds me of Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> Look, at least Josh Allen, A-Rod, and Brady, like you were saying, Zach, at least these guys, we didn't seen them do it. And it's still, like you said, they still not on Mahomes' level right now, but at least I've seen you do it. We've never seen Kyler Murray get hot and go in the playoffs, and we're like, oh, man, I don't know about the Cardinals this year, man. I don't want to play them. They was the best team in their division, them there all year, and then they folded. This is oh, what Kyler and- Murray did two straight years. And they had the chance to win the division in the last week of the season. They lost to Seattle. They could they would have won the division and hosted the they would have, they host the Rams or they host the 49ers or something, but they wouldn't have like been away and it would have been like they just blew it. Like this I don't know. Kingsbury, Kingsbury. Hey, and what you like say? Who can play week one? Carlos. Yeah, that's what we play. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that again. Hey, no D hop either for them. Yeah. But no hey, Zach, 
if you take him over Mahomes, you don't need D Hop though. That's true. So I don't, I don't want to hear no D Hop excuses. Week one, man. He need to get it done at home. Hey, it, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a bloodbath. I think we're gonna kill him. I think uh, Andy's gonna know that they need to just win on offense because that defense is not gonna be up to speed yet. So they're gonna try to pour it on. What's what, what would you that week one game, man? What would you call this season? Would you call this a revenge? Would you call this a, a get back tour? Would you call it a, a, a they disrespected us tour? What, what would you What would you theme this season as? Something like that. I like the disrespect tour. I like that. I mean, I think a lot of people have like you know Tyreek's gone, Tyron left. Like they're all about. You know, now they're not the same team because they lost Tyreek. And obviously, you know, no disrespect to Tyreek because I love Tyreek. And, you know, when he comes back and gets his jersey retired, I'll be happy for him and be, you know, ecstatic. But, like, I don't think, like, one receiver, no matter how great they are, is going to make that big of a difference because you have that best quarterback in the world. Like, if you were talking about, you know, the the 10th or the 15th best quarterback in the world, then it would be, a, you know, a big hit. But you still have the best quarterback in the world who has proven to – um, succeed with lesser receivers around him. Like the first game of his career, he's playing with Demetrius Harris, Albert Wilson, Anthony Sherman's playing running back. Like it's, and he goes out and beats that Denver team playing their first, uh, first team with like Vaughn. And I don't know, was Chubb there yet? I don't know. But like Vaughn was playing, all those big guys were playing. And it's just like, you can't doubt them and can't doubt Mahomes. That's the guy you just can't doubt. I think I'm going with reloading this year. I think we go I, – I just think we, this is not our year. I think we're going to be building, like you was talking about, that foundation. But I think towards the end of the year, we're going to be that team. Teams don't want to play. We'll get close, probably lose second round. But then next year, it's going to be like, now you got Scott, you got Juju that has been in this system. Now you got – you didn't spend some money on your defense. Your defense is now we expect them to be top 10-ish because you didn't made a splash move. So I think we just reload, man. We didn't got so young on defense. You talk that continuity. We don't have that continuity now on defense. So it's going to take a while for all that. I still think we'll be a fringe playoff type team, double-digit win team. But I don't think we like a Super Bowl team. So I'm going to just go with reloading this year. You know what I kind of think of it is? I know like the comparisons have been there since Mahomes took over. Like I think it's about as the Warriors. Like the Warriors won it this year when they really shouldn't have. So if the Chiefs win it this year, then you better watch out because like they they really shouldn't with that defense and all the new pieces. Like this is like their one – this is their one year before their year to go get it. Exactly. I'm with you. Last time we had that year, we ended up in the AFC Championship game, though. So I'll take that. We have been like that every year with Mahomes, though. Even do you think? See, but Boogie, this is the thing. We could we could go into this year as a reloading, re retool, refocus type of year. But then Pat goes Pat, and then it becomes yeah. We're going to you know it's like it's always. Super Bowl or bust with Pat, but this year oh, I, I feel like there's like a little bit of a leeway where it's like, okay, like if they don't win the Super Bowl, then you can understand it. Yep. 100%. So anything okay, what would you what would you consider a successful season this year? Divisional round? Probably. I mean for them, I think divisional round. If they get to the conference championship, that's a successful year for sure. Divisional round, we can depends on how they go out. Like if they get embarrassed, then you know we're talking a different story. If they lose, like how we beat Buffalo, like in a tight one, then you know it could be successful. But as long as I see like growth in these young players and when we're retooling this team, then I feel like that's a success. I'm going AFC Championship. If we can get to the, I'm not like I said. I'm not expecting us to win the Super Bowl or get to the Super Bowl. We well, can but you just said we reloading. We can't. We reload and still get to the AFC Championship. No, I'm saying you said what would the best case scenario like would be. No, I'm saying no, 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 not best case scenario. What would be a successful season? 
Oh, AFC Championship. Because I don't think we can win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't think we can win the Super Bowl this year. So if we get to the AFC Championship, to me, that was a successful season. Yeah, I don't – I mean, I get what you're saying, Boogie, but if you have Pat, you, you can win a Super Bowl. Like, you can't just say you're not going to be able to win a Super Bowl when you have Pat on the team. You're right. Let, Let me ask not, the You're right. Let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. We have a chance, but I wouldn't bet on us to win a Super Bowl this year due to everything you was just saying. If we win a Super Bowl, like you said, this will be that year. I'm like, if y'all let us win a Super Bowl this year, I would be worried if I'm anybody else in the NFL. Y'all let the Chiefs win a Super Bowl with Juju and Valdez as the number one and two receiver. Y'all going to be in trouble because we go attack that next year. We're going to go draft another receiver. And, we'll and they're going to have like hella cap space because Frank's coming off the books. Chris might be traded. Like they're going to have, it's going to be total. Whoa, whoa. Zach. Yeah. We don't say that on this podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Don't you say nothing about Chris Jones getting traded again. Hey, hey, don't I want that. him to stay. I want him to stay, but just because the Veach and the Tyreek situation, how that played out, I'm being prepared for him leaving. That's it. Yeah, Chris ain't Tyreek, though. I don't, I don't think Chris is Tyreek. Because we know, well, we we going to start referring to him as the, the dolphin that should not be named. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love you. We love you, uh, wide receiver from Miami. Ben, we, we miss you still, man. I don't We're not gonna say his name on the podcast before. We we love you. It's Mr. still love, man. <laughs> I feel he's still he's still amazing. But yo, man, I'm I'm, I'm just really looking forward to the season, man. We got preseason coming up pretty soon. Uh, we got training camp next week. Uh, we're coming down July 30th, right? So the whole squad should be there. Uh, we sort of working on a meet and greet type of thing afterwards. So get in contact with, with any of the hosts. We'll let y'all know what's going on. Uh, Zach, man, like you're a young prodigy, bro, a phenomenon, a phenom. Um, Man, I love it, bro. I wish I would have got in at your age, bro. Like, if we would have in at your age, bro, we'd be running. We'd be, <laughs> we'd be doing some things right now. Hey. So, no, you, y'all are the goats. I appreciate y'all. I mean, oh, I, man. I, I've been following you guys for a while. So, to be invited on, it's an honor, man. I appreciate it. I'm, and I'm, I'm excited to come back if you guys have me. So, yeah. <laughs> Appreciate you, that. You can't follow. You, you got to follow Chiefs Boogie, not – KC cheaper boogie because that man. was a different type. <laughs> that was a different type. <laughs> that was yeah, a different are, type of guy, man. Get Zach in trouble, man. <laughs> no, nah, don't get Zach in trouble. No, nah, man. I don't want your parents seeing that, bro. They be like, yeah, don't do that no more. Uh, no, nah, man. But man, hey, man, we're proud of you, man, for real. And, and you're doing good work, and you're staying informed, and you're in tune with the culture. You're in tune with the. The fan base, which is the major part. A lot of guys lose that, and that's when they lose. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you got to stay in tune with what the fan base is doing. And uh, keep doing your thing, man. We're proud of you, man. And uh, it was a pleasure to have you on the show today. You coming to any games this year, Zach? I mean, I'll try. It's hard. I probably – I go to the L.A. games when they play the Chargers here. So I, I like that. But um, I always love coming to Arrowhead. It's a great time. So and I'm, I'm sad I'm missing training camp this year because I love going there too. So, um, yeah, yeah but. it's gonna be hot, very, very hot. Yeah, but it's wor- oh. worth it. You can see, see the boys. It's great. It's yeah, great. Yeah. Okay, uh, Boogie, you you missed the, you missed the show with uh with Eddie High. So we did a, and I'm gonna get y'all both. I'm gonna get both of y'all answers, and we're gonna get out of here. Training camp survival kit. So we got it. water, we got a chair, um. Uh, damn, what it a bucket hat and uh, somebody said something else. Uh, I can't think, I can't think. I think a camera, anyway. Um, what's in your training camp survival kit? A must have. Oh, uh, you know, for me, it's gonna be some cookies, but I don't <laughs> know what y'all gonna be doing, man. You, you know, I gotta be right. <laughs> It's going to be hot. I think y'all have some good good things. I like what Kylie said, that umbrella. I actually might try that. 
Please stay hydrated. Don't pass out, man. My old ass almost passed out before. That. Oh. Seriously. Don't do it, man. Zach, Zach, what's on your training camp survival kit, dude? I was going to go with, like, snacks or something, but I'll say, like, a towel or something, you know, like, something to cool you off, wipe the sweat off. Maybe, like, you have a wet towel to, like, dr- um, you know, cool you off and stuff like that. So, something like that. And a Sharpie. A Sharpie was on the list, too, so... Man, uh, we're excited, man. We're ready to get this thing rolling. We back in gear. We took a couple weeks off, but now we back on track. We back consistent, back giving y'all the content that y'all want. Like, subscribe, follow the page, join the community. Uh, we're working on the Discord thing right now. We're working on everything, you know what I'm saying? A lot of ideas. And uh, Joshua Briscoe, call me, bro. Call me. So. <laughs> Yo, we out, man. Boogie, take us out. Go, T. See y'all at training camp, man. Appreciate it, Zach. Thanks, Zach.